Water Mizzou podcast coming from your home field studios. I am one of your regular co-host Skeeter and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Great. I have actually great this time. I'm very, very well. How do y'all? <laughs> Fellas, uh, let's see. Is there much to talk about? I mean, Chiefs barely pulled it out against Jacksonville. Arkansas lost to Walmart Blue. Hey, Cowboys stomped a mud hole in uh, I don't even know who the Jets. So, (laughs) no, let's okay, okay. (laughs) I told y'all, eleven and one. I'm changing that. This week has changed that. Oh Lord. Twelve and zero. Let's go to the playoffs. Let's go to the SEC championship game. I bought in. (laughs) <laughs> our Mizzou Tigers. I don't even have the score up in front of me. We win by three on a 61-yard field goal. Harrison Mevis, the dog, just booted it through the uprights. Y'all were at the game. I'll let y'all kind of take off. Start with pregame atmosphere. Apparently, there was booing of Brady Cook from Mizzou fans that pissed off Trinkwitz, and go from there. Uh, pregame atmosphere was amazing. I think this fan base is totally bought in, and I think this uh, even showed it. Like, not a spot the tailgate was all full up by the time we're going to the game. Um, it was funny because a lot of uh trucks with last EMA license plates were having a really hard time finding their lots. Um, it was just a, it was a bunch of confused pickup trucks, so that, that was kind of funny to me. Um, but no, I mean, atmosphere out there, great, you know. It, it is good to see that this fan base is bought in. I think after they're even more, after they're more, oh my gosh, after that, they're even more bought in. But um, yeah, going to the game, um, man, I feel like it was a hopeful atmosphere. You know, I don't want to say it wasn't cocky. I, I think a, I think a lot more of us were sure it might go the other way than the positive way, but it was hopeful. We definitely wanted to see something. And to touch quick on that booing, I don't remember booing Cook personally. I remember it was booing like I don't even know when it was booing. To me, it's like a, a collective giant groan. I was gonna ask, were you in the stadium when they were doing the the starters? Were you in the stadium yet? Oh no, I wasn't. Okay, so that's I was thinking of was. a drive. The first drive we didn't score. The drive we didn't score on. I remember that. So I guess I know I wasn't there. I was still out tailgating. So yeah, I, I'll I guess back I'll, off. You go ahead with that one. I'll give some context, I guess. So I typically get there about thirty minutes before kickoff, just because. I want to see players go through the warmups, you know, telling Skeeter before we started recording that, you know, they're in position groups. And so you get to see, you know, who's taking first team reps at the line, which they, you know, do that right in front of us in that southeast corner of the end zone. So really, I was one, that was the main thing I was wanting to see was who is, you know, who's got that right guard spot. Like we talked about, is it going to be Delgado? Is it going to be, you know, Johnson? Is it Marcel's Johnson, Cameron Johnson? Um, well, then, you know, PA announcer, Randy Molman, I think is his name. Uh, starts going through, does the defense, starts, you know, starting offense. Very last person was Brady. Um, and, you know, and he says, and you're starting quarterback, Brady Cook. And I would say it was 
it was probably 50-50, honestly. And I'm not going to, like, call out, you know, who it was or or anything like that. Um, the students get there super, super early, and they were taunting the crap out of K-State during their pregame warm-up. So I don't know if they were just juiced or if they were upset about, you know, what, what um, last week's performance was, which we talked about already. But it did. I'm not gonna lie. I, I heard booing, um, and when I heard that, I was kind of winced. I was like, "Man, what? What is that? Like, that is not. This is not the game to be doing that." That's you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the debate is settled. The quarterback battle is settled. So we don't need to be. We don't need to be doing that. But, um, yeah, that, I, I didn't think it would get as much traction. I didn't think Drink even heard it. You know what I mean? He does walk around from position group to position group during that time, and. And check in on everything and see how it's all going. But I didn't think that he heard it. Brady heard it. I think everybody heard it. But um, is what it is, I guess. Okay. Well, actually, go ahead, Skeeter. No, you go ahead. You go I was ahead. actually got to talk to Brady Cook's dad before the game. Um, yeah. Can I tell a quick little story about this whole weekend for me? <laughs> uh, I had a date night with my wife in KC, seeing a comedian we really like. And then we're going straight from there to a friend's house in Columbia where we're going to crash and then get up early, real early with them and go tailgate, right? So packing everything in the truck before we leave. Um, I make sure my grill's in there, propane's in there. I'm making sure, you know, beer, ice. I got everything checked. Forgot one thing. I backpack with my clothes in it. So uh, the only thing I had for the next day was what I was wearing to that show, which is like Low jeans, like a flannel. <laughs> um, so uh, I had a as soon as the team store opened, I hauled tail from our tailgate over to the side of Faro, went and picked out a gold hoodie, and that was cool. On the way back, though, I happened to bump into Brady Cook's dad, and I'll be honest, he looks just like an older version of Brady Cook, and they, the parents always wear those lanyards, you know, to say like twelve mm-hmm. Cook on them, so you know who they are. Anyways, I was feeling spunky, so I went up to him and shook his hand and was like, hey, your son's going to have a hell of a game today. And he was like, oh, man, thank you. So we talked for like a hot second there, but, man, a really nice family, and it really had me rooting for Cook. Like, just meeting his dad, I was like, oh, man, he's, he's going to have a good game today. And he did. So it makes me a little bummed out that the crowd wasn't so supportive of him. I guess I didn't understand what Brick was talking about. I thought he was talking about that first drive we didn't score on, and they were groaning. I didn't realize they were actually booing him. So that's, that is news to me. I was out drinking still when that happened. Don't blame me. I I want to take us back and kind of go back leading into the week. Uh, you know, after the performance against Middle Tennessee State, uh, kind of left a, a sour taste in our mouth. We we named that recap show "Show Me," just for the fact, like, hey, you know, you you say you got something to prove, show us, okay, and. Then I listened, I, I got to where I avoided other Mizzou-based podcasts, and this week I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen. So, listened to two of them. One of them's named after a Sports Illustrated title. Another one's got the name of the school in it, and then a cast at the end. So, I'll let you take it from there. But the negativity, and then Drinks Presser on Tuesday. He didn't have that spunk. He didn't have that fire. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm starting, I'm starting to get myself prepared for a loss. I do. I've told Case before. 
talking on the phone like, man, if I feel we're going to lose going into a game, I'd rather not watch it. Like, that's not my type of fandom. I, I want optimistic. We can be 0-11 facing number one undefeated team going to week 12, and I expect us to win that game. And that, that's just my mentality of it. And, you know, I even went and watched uh, Drink's two big wins at Appalachian State against North Carolina and South Carolina. And it was bubble screens. <laughs> it was defensive and special team turnover or touchdowns, you know. And so I was really starting to coach or starting to doubt Coach Drink. And I was fully prepared after this game to have this talk, this whole episode be, is Drink on the hot seat. And Coach Drink, I don't know if you're listening. You have a ton of other things to be doing, but I apologize to you personally because I shouldn't let all that negative get to me. And so I was a ball of nerves going into the game. And I think that's what made the end so much better. So let's get to it. K-State wins the coin toss. They want the ball. That's a little bit of a ballsy move in today's game because of the swing eight that they talk about. The last four of the first half and the first four of the second half. They get the ball, they go down and score, right? And it was bad angles. Our defensive players were out there slipping the field. It had been raining that morning. I don't know. Did it ever rain too hard in Columbia? No, not terribly. I mean, it drizzled. Not to that point. No, it drizzled on and off, you know, pregame and during the game, but nothing, nothing terrible. Well, I mean, it didn't look like we had anything for them that first drive. They went right down. But then we get the ball back, and the, the rat poison that Drinkwitz had been putting out there and saying, no, we've we've opened the playbook. Like, this is our offense. Well, that was kicked out the door, <laughs> and playbook was opened. But really, really, <clears throat> the touchdown play to Luther – we saw it first drive against Middle Tennessee State last week. Just Brady missed the throw. And so, but it hits this week. And it's like, oh boy, we got something today. Yeah, I want to, before we talk about the playbook thing, I want to talk about that tipped pass on, I think it was third down. Yeah. Right there in, goal. The, in the red zone. Yeah, third and goal. From the 20. <laughs> Dude, right place, right time. Like, even if J.C. Carlisle had let that just go over his head, you know they they're kicking a field goal. It's uh, holy cow! What as soon as that play happened, I was like, "Is this the kind of game we're getting ready to get into, man?" Like, it felt just, um, exactly like that Arkansas game when uh, Brooks tipped the ball and the mm -hmm. two point conversion for us yep. to win it, and then went right into the Arkansas player behind the hands. Uh, I, I got upset and I yelled, "This like this is the this is." This S only happens to Mizzou. And it was funny because everyone around me was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I agree, man. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah dude, you're right. Got a point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that when that happened and, you know, I'm seeing the ball in the air and that number eight or whatever number it was comes running around from the opposite side of him and just catches it like it was a fair catch on a you know punt return or kick return. Like, dude, that is that's a heartbreaker because that's one thing I've seen this defense do. They'll, you know, they'll give up and they'll get them real close to even the end goal situations. But then they, for the most part, do they buckle down and, you know, for the most part, don't don't allow too many scores. You know, touchdowns at least. 
Yeah. But anyway, let's go, I guess let's go back to the uh, let's go back playbook. to the playbook. Let's talk about playbook for a moment. Like I I think mostly I needed to talk on this one. So <laughs> at the Middle Tennessee game recap, I'm pretty sure I was the one that was like, no, I don't know my exact words, but I said no. We see all we saw all of it. That's it. Like I believe them. This is this is just a poor running offense. If you were in a coma at the end of last season mm-hmm. and you yep. look at this season, you would not know we had an offensive coordinator. Yep. Yeah, that's my yeah. quote. It's a good yeah. quote, by the way. That's kind of that's a cool thing to say, by the way. Um, but yeah, I got I got to give it up because I was wrong. Um, they held plays back for this game, and the thing is, like strategically, I don't know if that was this. I don't know if that's the best thing to do on paper because like Middle Tennessee was a fight, but damn it, if it didn't work. There's a quote from Coach Kleiman where he's like, "I saw stuff that I was no way prepared for from Drinkwitz," and that's a compliment if you ask me. It so. Is. Drink, well, here's what we can learn from this. Drinkwitz has still got that crafty guy from year one in there. You know, well, maybe and he, he he mentioned in the post game press conference. He said, you know, one of the reporters had asked him if they had opened up the playbook, and he said something to the effect of like, "No comment." And he kind of paused, and he was like, "It's chess, not checkers." Yeah, meaning that kind of what we talked about, even after the South Dakota Middle Tennessee games, that they're not going to show all their cards. And yeah. give them, you know, we talked about this also in the Pinkle days, how Pinkle would run these just like crazy trick plays. So teams would have to spend five, 10 minutes, you know, preparing for, okay, on the off chance that they run this play, we're not going to get burnt on it. Well, it's kind of the opposite effect in this situation. You for anything. Right. They're like, oh, okay, well, they're, they're boring doing, ass offense. Right. They're doing the exact same thing they did in 2022. Okay. Hey, defense, you know, be prepared for the uh, bubble screens, be prepared for the jet sweep. And, that was the complete opposite. Did you guys see how many like fake misdirections that they were running on these jet yes. sweeps? Yes. on the on the fourth down. How about, that's what I was gonna say. How about the fourth and goal? That was one of the plays of the game. The that first fourth down that we've gone design. for. The first yeah. fourth down that we've gone for all year long. That was a beautiful two. play design. That was genius. He got the everyone shifted over. Brady just walked in. No, just untouched. Right. Uh, I, like I said, like I said on Twitter today, give me my crow. I was wrong. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be wrong, but I'll take it, man. I was, I was down. I still think there's, I still think there's some issues on this offense. I think the O line was a yeah. basket case this entire game. But give me a more crow. Maybe I do need two crows because I'm also going to say that it's time to get off Brady Cook. Brady Cook is the guy. Yeah. Um, man. He played his heart out, and we all know Brady Cook's tough. No one's ever going to say he's not tough, SOB. But what I'm also going to say is that he made plays. He made big plays. He did. When he had to step up, he – and, man, I know we hadn't seen a lot of it, and we were all like, he can't do it. He can't throw the deep ball. That Marquise Johnson – no, Marquise. Marquise. Yeah, Marquise. The, well, Marquise, Marquise and Theo both had two. Number 17 had an absolute yeah. – Beauty of a ball thrown to him. I was sitting with you by that time, so we got a really good view of it. I mean, that's why I like that throw so much. But beauty of a throw, beauty of a catch. He made big plays. He found out that he ripped the top off that defense, and he took advantage of it. And that's why we won the game was his ability to just rip the top off of them because that was that was a weak spot. K State's D line good. They were stifling our running game until Schrader had that big run, which was a big momentum swing for us. But until that point, we couldn't run the ball. You know, and then we got the top going, and then that great Luther touchdown towards the end of the game was all was it was a bubble scene, 
And yeah. it was because they've been sitting so far back because they're like, crap, he's deep balling the hell out of us. We need, we need, you know, we well, yeah, very delayed bubble screen too. It wasn't like, well, you know, Luther said it. He was a decoy the whole entire time. Yeah, Brady said it too in the post game that he wasn't even supposed to, but he was starting to get pressure. And then Luther yeah. was there in the checkdown, and he hit him down in the checkdown. I said this in the madman mode. He, yeah, he went insane. We we talked about that how they zoomed in on him, how he was running around behind the bench, Dude, knocking chairs over, and he was firing his eyes. Man, he was man. I'm so and glad he's taking this next step. He's insane. We saw it after the game too, but no, I mean. After the Middle Tennessee game, I think, you know, we were, we let emotions, everybody did. All the other podcasts, all the people on Twitter, all the people on social media were just, we were frustrated because we saw exactly what you said, Case, is, oh my gosh, we're waking up from a coma and nothing's changed. And I said the Middle Tennessee game that, honestly, I don't care who the quarterback is. I really don't. Like, I would, I love for it to be Brady Cook, and obviously it is now. Yes, but all I want is solid, competent quarterback play. Now, whether that was the, you know, the play calling that was leading to our frustration, which we now know was, um, or I'm not sure what else it could be, but we, <laughs> Brady, Brady showed us that uh, he, we, I'm pretty sure he's that dude. I, I think a big thing Brady showed me was his ability to spread the rock it wasn't just throw it at number three you know mookie cooper had a handful of very important catches keep the drive alive like you know i think i even called him out last week saying uh it may have been pre-show i don't know but like (laughs) where's mookie you know we heard all this off-season hype and we haven't seen him well he was out there and one thing i want to say as far as a what I feel is different on this team. You see Brady coming off the field for making that throw and Jake Garcia, Sam Horn, uh, Gabari Johnson, they're all right there with him. Right. They're all high five and smiling, running backs. Michael Cox been in t-shirt. You see number 35 running up to running back after a big play. You see the receivers all run up regardless who gets the touchdown. Some like Theo's touchdown last week, Luther was the first one there, you know, to celebrate with him. Mm -hmm. This team has bought in, and I think we saw it big time yesterday. Oh, no doubt. And Nilitskeet, no doubt. There, matter of fact, you talk about the receiving. So, Luther, of course, led seven for 114, two tutties. Um, Mookie Cooper, four catches for 79 yards, so almost 20 yards pop. And then Theo had six. Marquise had one. So that was a big play you're talking about, Case. Um, Brett Norfleet. You also, Skeeter, last week had talked about tight ends. The, the tight, ends. tight ends. Yep. And uh, I tweeted that picture out today, dude. That was one of my favorite plays because, like, uh, I think it was Ty that said it on uh, on Twitter, too, that it, it reminds me of the tight end you, Harris, you know, the uh, Martin Rucker in the Chase Kaufman days where – those guys were just absolute freaks. Like you could just throw the ball up to them and they would make the play just about anywhere on the field. Yeah. And for a freshman to go up and do that in a big time game like that down the red zone, that's the second weekend in a row. He set up, set us up for a play down the red zone. So he's developing fast, man. I, I'll keep your eyes on him. I think by in the SEC conference play, he's going to make him big plays for us and be a weapon. He's I watch pretty, out for him. Yeah. I think he's like six, seven, six, Eight somewhere in there. I yeah, he's know. big. 
Okay, let, let's talk the other side of the ball. We ain't even got to halftime. <laughs> At the end of the game, we're, we're ecstatic. We said we're not going off a script. We're not going off notes. We're going off all emotion because it's such a huge win. We don't want to be held to like, oh, let's talk this and this and this. So we're just going with ebb and flow here. So y'all just stick with us. But on defense, uh, you know, I said last week, as far as my key for us to win would be Will Howard's going to have to have more than one sack leaving this stadium, and he's going to have to eat some pressure. I mean, Tyrone Hopper, that dude's blitzing ability, the way he can delay and hide himself and wait for the gap, and then he is shot out of a freaking cannon, mm-hmm. led led straight to the J.C. Carlisle interception, gave you the turnover you wanted, Cole. You know, uh, now, Case, your former offensive lineman, even collegiate first – a certain extent so you have greater knowledge of this i felt like they k-state had a good plan to where it looked like we got a lot of pressure on but it was allowing our edge rushers to kind of run behind will howard and will howard would step up and so where we affect him was when we got those late blitzes in and put the pressure in the middle but he did have somewhat of a clean pocket up the middle right yeah, no, they're just, it's the strategy when they got fast edges, let them run up the field. You know, they're going to like give them ground because they're going to, you know, get up, get out of the way, and then your quarterback can step up and make clean throws. Um, that's what they did. I think you would mention something on that, or that's kind of what shows a weakness on the interior of the D line because, and not that we're weak, I think those George is fantastic, but, you know, guys not getting a bunch of pass rush there, they have the ability. That's also probably where Tyron Hopper puts in that gap really changed things for us. Yeah, on the home stretch there, you know. Um, and I'll talk about defense because, like, I feel like there were some frustrating parts in the game for them. Yeah. But you got to give them the props that they made the stops when they had to. They did. You know what I mean? Like, they, they kept offense. Offense had some really bad stretches in the third and fourth quarter. And defense, you know, I know they gave some scores up, but they kept us in that thing. And they could have very easily got ran over, gave a clock up, and let them win that game, chewed the clock. And there was points where, K-State was there getting ready to take it, just take it from us. Davis yeah. didn't let him, so you got to give props. There were times, you know, when watching the K-State offense drive that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd said to my dad, he's like, you know, what is going on? And it appeared to me that anytime we went to what looked like zone coverage, that Will Howard would step up in the pocket and hit these guys in between the gaps and coverage. I think our you know, and I'm sure that there's <laughs> that's why these coaches get paid, you know, six figures to figure this stuff out. But me personally, I, I know that our guys can are, are good enough to cover in a uh, in a man to man situation. Like I think we thrive off of man to man, putting KD and Israel Straw locked on to guys, getting these, you know, more athletic linebackers out into the flats to cover these checkdowns and you know make make moves on the running backs coming out of the flats or tight ends or whatever. And then, uh, you know, our safeties, we have coach Drinkwitz mentioned in the press conference that we have multiple safety, there's multiple safeties that played multiple snaps due to injury or schematics or whatever the case may be. Um, but that was one thing that I saw that I guess was kind of a weak spot was whenever we went to a zone coverage, it looked like we were kind of sort of getting picked apart that these guys were finding the gaps, just sitting down and waiting for, you know, we'll hard to find them. Yeah. My my bad on uh, 
KD. That was his interception, right? Yeah. Jason Carlisle. Okay. Yep. Um, JC almost had one in that, yeah, in yeah. that first drive. But. That was close. My, that was <laughs> my only two things on defense that bothered me, and we adjusted. We finally identified number 34. They hid him along the line and backfield, and he killed us. And once we started covering him, they really slowed down. But there were a lot of missed tackles. Uh, I felt guys were running really fast, and so their momentum was carrying them by the ball carriers. Uh, and there was, there was probably about another three interceptions left out on the field too. Uh, yes. And, and passes deflected, no telling how many tackles for loss that we we missed. And that's just how it portrayed on TV. I don't know if that's how it was uh, there in the stands. But uh, like you say, Case, the – the defense stepped up when they had to. Uh, third quarter, you know, well, right right at the end of the second half or second quarter, Brady tweaks his knee. And I don't know about y'all, but in my mind, it was like, oh, here we go. We finally get an elite Brady Cook. And Brady, I'll throw an apology out to you because I said we knew what your ceiling was. Well, buddy, you raised that ceiling yep. this week. Uh, you got it in you, and I apologize for doubting, <laughs> you know, but uh, I'll, I'll eat that crow with you, Case. It it tastes good. It tastes good. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but when when he got hurt, and then I felt we kind of went into conservative play calling mode, and that's really took a lot of the momentum away offensively in the third quarter. The defense held us in it, and then it just let K State run away, and so. Yes, but I mean, K State's not a slouch. No, you know, I that's mean, one that, thing I was going to say. That is a good team. Is, that is a good team. Yeah, and honestly, I like the way looking back at the, these first three games. You know, and again, I'm not knocking opponents. I I try to preface that every time I talk about our opponents. But you know, South Dakota, we played okay, 25 point win. Um, Middle Tennessee, we've already talked about the frustrations that we had with that game, but. It's kind of like that there was a gentle um, increase, you know, the echelon of, of talent kind of increased as we played these teams. So it did set up well. It's not like we went from playing a, I don't even know, bottom of the barrel, SC, you know, FCS school to playing K-State. You know, K-State's a good team. They are. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win eight or nine games this year. No, I I even think I agree it's a little bit of a step up, but I think the step from Middle Tennessee to K-State's a – it is. It's a, hef- it's a, it's a hefty jump, you know. It playing was. like a Memphis or a Vanderbilt in between would probably have been, you know, a b- better stepping stone. Um, but you guys don't are you right. Jinx that, us, Case. Don't you? Uh, jinx I, us, I'm not, well, I don't know. I mean, we almost lost <laughs> Middle Tennessee State. I'm not saying we're going to roll Memphis by any means. I'm just saying, you know, talent wise. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, no, yeah, K State. K State is a good team. Like they're built for a lot of conferences. They they would do well in the SEC. Like it's I know the big whole big versus SEC thing, but that's a good team in any conference. There's don't don't get twisted on that one. They just and that is a state. yeah oh, yeah yeah. I'm no I don't <laughs> location can go to hell. Um, but uh, so I keep losing my train of thought in that. No, what I'm saying is that that should give you confidence that this team has the ability. Will we see it? I don't know. You know, college football is a screwy sport. I think taking that giant loss last year motivated the hell out of our boys for this year. I think they were embarrassed. I think they were, you know, 
really torn up about that, and it gave him some extra juice. And we know, I think I said, didn't I say last time that emotions is a giant part of football and how you stay in games and not? Well, there you go. Um, but definitely take this one and don't listen to anyone trying to give y'all give us crap for rushing the field because you beat an old conference rival who beat you down in the mud last time on a 61-yard field goal. You rushed that field. And Desiree Nobody. is happy to pay that fine. Nobody was giving us a chance in this ball game. No, Nobody. no, 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 no. Uh, not even, not even, not me. even us. Yeah, not <laughs> even like the Mizzou fan base. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a statistical or diehard. I wasn't giving us a chance in it. Yeah. So, you know, like, and really, the the drop, what should have been interceptions, uh, we had dropped third down passes. We really could have. Could have made it a whole lot worse of a ball game as far as for K State. We could have ran away from it. You know, there there were still mistakes. I don't feel we've played our best game yet. And nope. seeing the emotion from the guys after that field goal went in, I absolutely believe they weren't they didn't give a damn about Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders and they were already thinking K State Wildcats. And they come out sleepwalking weren't prepared. Middle Tennessee State was ready to play. Is their shot to take down SEC team? And so we got their best shot, and they almost did it. That but, is such a homer take, but yeah, you're right. Like, it's proved correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Ennis, you know, giving on the 11s after the field goal goes <laughs> in. And you got Looper running up and saying, you know, talk your stuff now. So – they were absolutely circling this game. The only thing, as Mizzou fans, 2010, <laughs> we beat OU, rushed the field. The next week, we forget to show up. The team was still on the field. They forgot to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't, I don't think we have leadership issues with this team. I think we've got we've got the right guys there that will not let them lose their focus just because they beat K State. So, uh, man, I don't I don't even know what to talk about. The crowd, y'all were awesome. Uh, ESPN really couldn't they couldn't do the field mics when K State had the ball because the crowd noise was too loud. The only time we heard the case or the the field mics turned on that I noticed it would be like after K-State scored and the stadium was quiet, you'd hear the, you know, five, ten thousand, however many K-State fans there doing their little chant in the background. But, I mean, y'all were, were bringing it, and then you listen to the replay of Mike Kelly calling it, and it's like, oh, TV didn't do it justice. No. That That's awesome. Yeah, I had multiple, uh, had multiple notifications on my Apple Watch saying, you know, loud environment. I have a couple screenshotted that were over a hundred decibels and you know, those are on of course big plays. I think the the Theo Weiss and the Marquise um catches the Luther touchdown, you know. There's so many good plays that were in this game that, you know well, I mean it's our Super Bowl, so you know it's gotta be a good game. Right? Throw them a yep. parade, hang a banner. That's right. <laughs> Third one this year, man. The atmosphere was really good. It as uh, someone, I'm a Chiefs fan. I've, I've got good connections with two olders. I've been blessed. For, I've been to a lot of playoff games in the last in the last five six years. And um, one thing I always said 
biased to my NFL team was like, I wish Faroe was a little more like a rowdy arrowhead, you know? And it was, it was, it felt a lot like arrowhead. Um, man, some, you get there. Somebody I've noticed that Faroe that always bothered me was you those third downs. It seemed a lot of people were like, ah, I'm probably just going to sit down. No, there was a, there was an expectation to the crowd and you saw it as the game got more and more close to the end. You saw it really were like, no one was going to sit down. And if you were, you're going to get a cross look from someone else, you know? Uh, we were banging on bleachers. We were people were losing their minds, and it was it was a great atmosphere. It was that was that was emotion out of Faroe. I hadn't I don't think I felt in a long time. I didn't go yeah. to the Georgia game last year, so it might have been similar to that. But it was it, they were very similar atmospheres. Were they? Um, the Georgia one was. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I think there were obviously more K State fans that were at this game. You know, so that kind of takes away a little bit from the balance. But, you know, when we were up, whatever it was, eight against Georgia, I mean, the place was rocking, man. Um, But the K-State game was – they're kind of hard to compare because, you know, the game was so so tight, so back and forth. There were – I'd like to know how many lead changes there were. I'm sure we can, of course, look it up. But I was highly disappointed when I went to the fourth quarter, like – no, this game is too good to come to an end. Like, right. I'm enjoying this. Like, I don't want it to end. Uh, well, in case you remember, so I guess as we're kind of walking through this game and through the recap, do you remember what what was the play that there was 10 minutes left in the fourth? And uh, I can't remember what it was, but we we weren't playing great skeeter i know you went and wrote down play by play but yeah. when i when i tweeted out like we're just giving k-state the game or take the game k-state they were talking about yeah well i mean yeah i think that was shortly after it but was it? there was you know 10 minutes left and you're like oh man that's not good and i was like oh there's plenty of time left and you're like no not in this you know not in this day and age of college football and i was like no there's plenty of time and then nope. i think we stopped them we got a three and out. yeah so that was that was my fear was K-State gets a first. K-State hadn't gotten the ball back at like the 40. And I was like, oh, this is this like, we're giving like this is it. K-State's gonna run the clock out, get a field goal. They're, you know, they're home free. Um, but that's what I'm saying. The defense that defense stepped up there, and I'm not even talking trash in our defense. They had this short field. Like, that's that's hard for the best defenses in the country to their defend. You know what I'm saying? They for stepped sure. up, they had to make a stop there, and they were backed against the wall and they made a stop. So okay. when, I, when I say that, that's what I'm saying because I mean, no offense to Baker, we have I think we have a great defense. We do a great job, but your opponent needs a score to pretty much seal the game. A field mm-hmm. goal will do. They have the ball at their own forty. I mean, dude, that is you. I mean, in my defense, that was served on a platter for KSU and a combination of us not letting them have it and them blowing it. That was, you know what I mean? That's yeah. So I got to pull up here now. KSU I was gonna say I've got go. my notes and. Uh, let's see if we're talking the same drafts that you actually have that. I'm I'm just looking at, at my notes and it was K-State returned a punt for 20 yards, which I don't know why we kept, kept kicking where the dude could return it. They had a three-yard run, a five-yard run on third and two incomplete pass. They punt and as soon as they punt, Schrader gets the huge run plus the face mask and then it was the burden bubble screen and yep. big block by Tyler Stevens uh, to get Luther in the end zone there. Yeah, so the the plays leading up to the situation that I'm talking about was a Cody Schrader run for five yards to the 16. 
Brady incomplete, penalty, false start on Luther, um, backs us up five. So we're at our own 11, sitting at third and 10 uh, with 12 minutes left in the fourth. Brady Cook pass complete to Mookie Cooper for 14. So I guess this is the first time I remember like saying to myself, okay, we got a little bit of breathing room now. Um, Brady Cook run for one yard, incomplete pass, incomplete pass, 53-yard punt. Right, so we punted from whatever that was, our like inside our own 20. And that's when, you know, I look over at Case and I was like, not good. And you're like, no, you know, this is, you know, not good. The, the whole situation is, is it, you just kind of get that feeling a little bit. And that's what I thought was possible. I was like, there's 10 minutes left on this clock, man. That's plenty of time. But the <laughs> little did we know there was going to be three more lead changes and <laughs> a lot more to happen. Things changed dramatically <laughs> after that. After we said that, things changed dramatically. Uh, man, I mean, is there Mavis? You know, I mean, he missed the easy 54 yard or the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, easy 54 yard. Yeah, <laughs> well, he got, he got back on track, he made the 30 yarder, right? Yeah, made all his, yeah. his usual Achilles heel. So, right, made yeah. all his extra points. Good vibes. The uh, the 54 yarder when he missed it because he, if I remember correctly, was pushed left, wide left by just a little bit. He had good distance. I right? sling it to the right, but I may be wrong on that. I feel like he tends to hook him a little bit rather than push him. But either way, he missed it. And um, I'm like, golly, man, this is this is one of those games where it's going to come down to one of these kicks. And when he missed it, I was just not feeling good. And you know, the offense was playing fine. We already talked about offense and defense, but you need to have you know all three cylinders of of your team running right. And, uh, yeah, little did we know <laughs> he had an Easter egg for us. And that carried over later into the night for me. I, I flipped it over and watched the end of the BYU-Arkansas game. Yes. And <laughs> Arkansas's down by three, goes out for an easy field goal or what should be an easy field goal, and their kicker's name is Little. And I said, oh, they're screwed. <laughs> and he, he hits it off the upright and misses, and I was like, "Thank goodness for the thicker kicker." <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, uh, man that that dude he's he's gonna go down in Mizzou history. You know, with the Boston College kick, that kick there, uh, multiple you know, fifty I, yards against Georgia, Arkansas winner, yeah. his freshman year, Arkansas yeah, winner. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I can recall a kicker that's made the clutch kicks as much as him. That just, it's what makes like the Auburn game that much harder <laughs> from last year. I said the same thing to my dad today. I was like, cause he said, well, what's with that kicker? He missed a, you know, th- uh, I think he called it the 30 yards. Like, no, he made the 30 yard. He missed the 54. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, dad. That's, that's what makes me frustrated with the, the Auburn losses because it was essentially an extra point. That's, you know, the distance was very equivalent to an extra point, but then he just goes out and casually sets an SEC record and boots one from, I don't know, grindstone boots one from Eagle bluffs, dude, (laughs) six miles away. Dude. No, I don't know if we were, but maybe we were able to like, listen, people were calling for his job last week. That was a, that was a hot topic around the Mizzou fan was there. Fans were there with I think get I rid of Mavis. Said, 
Yeah, I think he even said on this or pre-show or group chat or something. I was like, maybe we need to see what this, you know, what's the name? Blake, right? Blake Craig. Liberty yeah, Missouri Blake Craig. Native. We need to see what this kid's about. But yeah, a competition. Like, hey, right. let's have an open competition. If we got a quarterback uh, competition, let's have a kicker competition. But never mind. <laughs> yeah, but then then you get to the post game press conference. I mean, obviously he makes it. Everybody saw the effects of that, the the field being rushed and all that. Drink comes out firing in the presser. But in his Tuesday presser and Tuesday night coaches talk, I felt he felt the pressure of this job was make or break for him and his longevity at Mizzou. And when he was interviewed on the field afterwards, it was like, Mavis was lifted lifted off his shoulders. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really. And so now I'm I'm curious. Are we going to have a different Eli drink? What's going forward? Uh, the one note I do have down, I, I need to mention real quick. Makai Miller. Yes. Dude shows what it means to be a team player. So we have sources. Shout out, Greg. <laughs> uh, Makai got his hand sliced on a face mask last week and required stitches. And he's out there with stitches and drink. He even talked about it in, in the post game. One of the stitches popped out during the game when he was making a block. Like the dude's out there giving it a, his all. That's how bad we wanted this win. So, but do we get a different drink? What's Going forward now, is there some well, pressure wanna, off of him? I want to go back and talk about the because you know you talk about he sliced his hand. It, it's not like it was the back of his hand. No, this is the palm. No, it's palm. He's a wide receiver. Yeah, like he sliced the palm of his hand open on whatever that was Tuesday, right? I think Monday or Tuesday. Was it during the game? Oh, it was during the game last week. Oh, during, during the game. Okay, during the game last week. Yes. So he yeah, came out he there. A, yeah, he had a week of. Of you know, quote unquote practice. I don't think he caught uh, he caught any uh, any balls during practice. I think or Drinkwood said that uh, the the first time that he was catching passes was during the game. But the significance of that, man. I mean, can you imagine slicing your palm open? And be like, no, coach, I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go yeah. catch footballs. It's insane. Yeah, it's hard hard to do the job with that with your hand being cut open. It is, but to your to your point, Skier, yes, I do think we'll see um, a little bit of. It almost feels like this is the first game of the season now that everything is may or may not have been revealed. Uh, so I do think that we're going to see a a different Drinkwitz. I'm really, really, and we're going to do this. We're going to do the uh, the preview later, but. Going forward, I am really excited to see what happens in Memphis. Not only because now we may have seen everything this team has to offer, but there's a lot of St. Louis kids on that roster. Yeah, they're. In a, I think a lot of them want to show out yes. their hometown. I feel like we drink what should get that swagger back. Would you agree, Case? I absolutely, and we need it because that's when drinking's at his best. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and finish this recap because, I mean, we could talk for two hours about this game. I was going <laughs> to say, do you have to? Can, can I just uh, keep talking about it? <laughs> can I add one more story in before we wrap this up? Go ahead. Go All right, so uh, Cole mentioned in pre-show, he was like, because Cole had a, 
uh, duck out a little early because of doing dad stuff. Respect that. Um, but his dad was still there, and his dad told uh, Cole, "He's like, I think, I think your buddy Case was was starting to cry a little bit there." <laughs> and uh, I'll admit, I was. I, I'll be honest, I was actually I was crying kind of heavily. Um, my wife's granddad passed away last week. Um, he was a big Mizzou fan, and um, it's no one else's family really was that is really that in the zoo or anything. Um, so me and him bonded a lot over that. One of the first times I I ever met him is they do a little camp out on a Labor Day weekend at his at their farm every year, and um, I was frantically trying to get signal to hear or see Mizzou play Southeast Louisiana. Uh, there. Uh, usually, you know, you kind of guy like, oh, I'm gonna watch the game, but I was new to dating my now wife, my then girlfriend, and I, you know, don't want to not show up to your family thing here. So he he asked me what I was doing. I explained, and he's like, well, I'll put on the radio in the barn for you. Come on, we'll go hang out and we'll, we'll listen to it in there. So we've always been pretty close. Um, he's always the guy. You know, my fa- my my wife's family is big. They always do a Sunday a Sunday lunch after church, and you know, he's the only one. He's like, well, how do our tigers look? What do you think about this? You know, you know. So big Mizzou stuff. Um, two years ago, uh, we're doing that same Labor Day thing. And it was a day we played Kentucky because we're getting ready to watch the game. It was a road game. So I was going to sit and watch it with him. And he told me a really cool story. He was he was raised outside of Bethany, Missouri on a, on a farm. And his dad, him and a bunch, bunch of brothers and sisters, his dad would make all the boys work the farm every single day. You know, no breaks. This is just the life we live out here. He would get a, he would get a break for one thing. And that was to listen to Mizzou football on the radio. Um, he told me he said Don Fro was his was his hero growing up. He was you would listen to him every day, listen to him talk and post game or whatever they did back then. And he said that was that was my hero growing up. I I, I lived and died by Don Fro's words. Um, so I was at the, I was at this game with my wife, and um, this is all very fresh, very fresh in, in our in our family and in our hearts right now. And you, you guys can make fun of me, but. We lined up for that sixty-one yard field goal. And I started, I started tearing up because, and you, you tell me heaven, y'all, you believe whatever y'all want to believe, but I knew, I knew that ball was going in. This was his first game since he passed, and I just felt like there was some magic there. I felt like maybe he's up there watching the game with his childhood hero, with Faroe up there, and it, it just, it just felt like the ball. I knew the ball was going to go, in. and when it did, I, I had been pretty close to the vest and been pretty, you know, trying to be tough for my wife because she was really going through it and it, I kind of broke like I, I broke emotionally and it was all right there in front of I'm sure the K-State fans behind me were laughing at me I'm sure Cole's dad thought I looked like a goober but I was balling I was I was just sitting there just tears shooting down my face after the game it was it was all it was super emotional but um that's all I could think about for that kick was and I was just thinking about I was thinking about my wife's grandpa and that and somewhere He's watching this, and he's gonna he's gonna wield this damn football through those uprights. That's right. A little uh, a little so, breath. A little that's breath that's why the I heavens. Was, that's why. <laughs> tell your dad. That's why I was tearing up. I definitely no. I'm gonna tell him to listen to it. I wouldn't I just can't some tell that story. Goober crying, man. I wouldn't. No. I swear, I'm not that kind of guy. But it was there was a lot of emotion. But it's emotional time for our family mm-hmm. in this house, and yeah, I broke finally. <laughs> no man, old uh, old grandpa down there in the heavens. Giving a little bit of uh, giving a little bit of breath to get that kick through the uprights. Yep. That's what it was. That's awesome, man. That's a that's a good story. I mean, obviously, but, of course, we're we're sorry that for your family's loss and for your wife's loss. But um, golly, to be to be raised by a 
a Tiger fan, I know that there's so many other, you know, Tiger fans out there that can relate to that, that, you know, we talked to a bunch of them over the summer who talked about dad or grandpa or uncle or, you know, aunt or grandma, whoever it was, that they had that one person that they were super, super close with, with, uh, you know, watching and listening to Mizzou games and whether it's, you know, being in, in person at these games or these days streaming it somewhere out what like me jogging down providence to get back home or listening to it in the barn while you're uh while you're out camping man that's what uh that's what the fandom's all about absolutely so i don't think there's anything else to to add to it uh cole you you summed it up perfectly y'all been in our thoughts and prayers their case and uh man i'm sure there's Cole, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get an update from your dad after he hears this story. Like he might have a tear shed down. Like how did know. He, he knows the backstory on it. So, so hey, Dad, you can go listen to the end of that episode because uh, not only was it one hell of a game, but there's one hell of a story at the end of it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the recap. And once again, Tigers undefeated on the season. 12 and 0. Here we come. M I Z. Hey, your prediction looks better than mine does. Z O U. Go, Tigers. Y'all take care. <laughs>